0: One of the most
1: common questions that we get at Good Fight Ministries is, hey, this brother or sister in Christ believes this. Are they still a brother and sister in Christ? Do they hold to this doctrine or go to this fellowship or in this denomination? And so a lot of people have kind of categorized this as the lower H heresy or big H heresy. And what we do in this episode is actually go over those doctrines that are damnable or flammable, because we want to make sure that we see the seriousness of the error without always going and crossing the line into a damnable heresy for being false in some sort of teaching. So on this episode, we are going to be digging into that, and this comes on the heels of what we are working on right now starting next Friday, you guys are going to be seeing the brand new series that we have been working on regarding examining Catholicism. And we are calling it Catholicism Examined. And the reason for that is because this is October. We are dealing with, back in 1517, October 31st to be exact, what is known as the foundation, the start of the Protestant Reformation with Martin Luther nailing the 95 thesis to the doors of Wittenberg. And so we want to talk about this doctrine because when it comes to Catholicism, it is not only growing, it is completely growing, which I is kind of unfathomable for most of the Christians hearing that, but it had has been growing even in some Christian circles, or people being apathetic to caring about sharing the gospel with Catholics. So we want to dig into the doctrines that are believed by Rome and actually say whether or not we believe that Catholics are indeed saved or Catholics can call themselves Christians. So we're going to be digging over on that and looking into it for a number of weeks. So what we want to do here is give you kind of a starting place, a place where we say, hey, This is where we believe, we draw the line in terms of, hey, that is a teaching that is not true versus that person is not a brother or sister in Christ if they hold to that teaching. So without any further ado, this is our teaching regarding flammable or damnable heresies. God bless you guys. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And with me, as always, is the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. How are we doing
2: today? I'm doing great, bro. How are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing pretty well. I'm, I'm excited about this. We are going to play, uh, I guess, a game show today uh, for, for the Good Fight Radio Show. Actually, it's not a game show. It's actually serious. Sad, actually, but yeah. But one of the things we want to talk about, and we've talked a lot on this show about capital H versus lowercase h heresies because heresy means to divide. So we want to talk about those things which, which divide, but we want to categorize them and not just do uppercase and lowercase, but actually get them to the point where we're saying, is this damnable or is it flammable? Can it cause a flame and a fire that could send people To hell. So that's how we're gonna categorize it today. So we are going to be talking about those two categories. When I bring it up to Joe, he's gonna answer whether or not this doctrine is damnable or is it flammable. And so to get off the get the show on the road, as they say,
2: preterism, damnable or flammable. It depends whether you're talking about preterism that's commonly believed or full preterism, which many believe as well. Um, many Calvinists hold the preterism, which, and some non-Calvinists, which it's a Latin term that means "past," and it's the idea that prophecy has already been fulfilled, or most prophecies of, that Jesus gave, and, and the apostles in the New Testament, especially Jesus, were already already fulfilled. And and again, when we're talking about damnable versus flammable, it's like you said the the lower H and the uppercase H, which we came up with some time ago, is to define. What heresies are so great that they're damnable, meaning if you believe them, you're damned. You're not a Christian. You're outside the, the pill of Orthodox Christianity. Versus which ones are flammable or lowercase h, meaning they're destructive. But I was thinking this mo- this today. We, I think you guys went through the th- same quandary. You guys were like, how do we get to uppercase, lowercase? It's kind of a long deal. And when I had sent to you guys, let's deal with that, I said, you know what? I thought, you know what? Flammable or inflammable, meaning... Or, or damnable or flammable, uh, because that works because, de- because we're not saying that a heresy that has a capital H isn't dangerous and can't potentially cost you your soul
1: or lowercase At,
2: H or yeah. lowercase H. So what we're saying is there's damnable heresies. If you just believe, for instance, you deny that Jesus is God, that's a damnable heresy, yeah. but we're talking about those things that are in the body of Christ. And most, you don't have people in the body of Christ saying that Jesus is not God because that's a damnable heresy. So, and if. A flammable heresy would be one that is dangerous but doesn't reach the level of being damnable, mean you're not damned just for believing it, but it's flammable. And I thought, I'm going to use flammable to rhyme with damnable because these are heresies that could ignite in your life and cost you your soul. So uh, the preterism, how does that work that way? Well, uh, this is definitely flammable at the very least. And, and you've
1: seen it with your own eyes. Before.
2: Yeah, I have seen I know, it I don't want to go too ideas. deep, but yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we got to cover so many. But Sorry. I, yeah, yeah, no, but that's a great example. You know, you see people that embrace, I've seen people embrace preterism, and I think a lot of times they do it out of fear. They don't want to believe, wow, we're going to have to face the great tribulation period, and uh, we, we don't want things to get worse. We want to believe that God's going to establish the kingdom of God on earth or what have you. Uh, sometimes a lot of Reconstructionists, Kingdom Dominionists hold to uh, preterism that, oh, it's all fulfilled. So that's, that's taking what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 and 25, Mark 13, Luke chapter 21, the book of Revelation even, 22 chapters, and saying most, almost everything here is fulfilled except for his second coming. And even many of the second coming passages that we understand to be second coming, Matthew 24, 29 through 31, when, you know, uh, he comes and the tribes of the earth mourn, immediately after the tribulation gathers up his elect. Oh, that already happened in 70 AD. This is all very, very dangerous because Jesus has given us a roadmap into the future and said, I've said these things in advance, you know, uh, take heed, I've said these things in advance. And in John 16, verse 1, he says, I tell you this ahead of time, so you won't fall away. Uh, and they're very dangerous because in Revelation chapter 22, verse 19, we're not to take away from the words of the prophecy of Revelation. And it would be one thing, it would be horrible to do what Joseph Smith does, is he changes certain, I, I have the Joseph Smith translation of the Bible, and when you look at the Joseph Smith translation of the Bible, you see that he, he, he basically adds certain words here and there, and, he, and then he, there's things taken out, where you're just reading certain things he said, and that's one thing, but this is even worse in some ways, because what you're doing is you're saying, guess what, none of this book is relevant to the future, and it was all fulfilled in 70 AD, which is crazy, because it was written in the 90s, according to Irenaeus, who was a disciple of Polycarp, was a disciple of John, who wrote it uh, in the 90s, under Domitian, he is exiled to uh, Patmos, I'm talking a little fast, and I get a little excited about these kinds of things, because I'm concerned about souls, and so is Chad, uh, but... I would say inflammable at the very least, or flammable at the very least, because uh, these things could ignite in your life to where you're not looking for the Lord. You're not looking for prophets to be fulfilled. And then you're easily deceived because you're not taking Jesus' warnings in advance, because Jesus specifically said, I've told you these things ahead of time so that when they come, you will not fall away. So you take away what he said ahead of time, you are primed to fall away. Plus, you're messing with God's word and uh, that's dangerous to do Revelation 22, 19. Not to
1: mention what happens with Satan as well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, yeah. And that's a good point. Because yeah, a lot of the Satan's already point.
2: bound right now uh, and so forth. It leads to so many uh, problems. And uh, full preterism, though. Full preterism, preterism yeah. is just damnable heresy. Because as soon as you believe what's taught in, in full preterism, you're denying the bodily resurrection uh, of the believer's which is a damnable heresy and overthrows the faith of some. In fact, in 2 Timothy 2, 17 and 18, Paul warns about those who believed in an over-realized eschatology, even in his day, and I believe these things are written down for our instruction, and the talk of such men will spread like gangrene. He says, among them are Hymenaeus, Hymen- Hymenaeus, in the Greek, and Philetus, Philetus, uh, who have deviated from the truth. And they say the resurrection has already occurred. And they overthrow the faith of some. They're actually false teachers overthrowing people's faith because they're taking their eyes off of the resurrected Christ and our own and his his literal second coming because they say that it's already taken place. Many full preterists say we're already in the new heaven, new earth. I mean, that's a weak view of God, man. And that's this is all we got, you know, or no? There's, oh, well, there's something more coming, but they say the resurrection has already come to pass. That's a damnable heresy. So uh, preterism is flammable. Uh, Boarding are damnable depending on how far you take it. And it's definitely brought a lot of. I I mean, we're personally, we know of a whole family that fell into it and got away away. from the scripture, then totally fell away. And had they held to the true teachings of scripture, I don't believe that would have happened.
1: Yeah, amen. Not to mention, as you mentioned before, maybe I'm not the best to have uh, do this part of trying to go quickly, but nonetheless, as you mentioned before, having. You know, of you, where Satan is already bound, so you literally do not believe you have an enemy. Imagine yeah. the men out at war.
2: You're not, yeah,
1: and and it's like, ah, oh, we really don't need these weapons. Yeah. You know, it's no big deal. So, yeah. very, we're very we don't put our
2: armor on because he's already bound. <laughs>
1: Just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, don't worry about the schemes of the devil anymore. Right? Okay, so. That took us a while just to get to the next one, but nonetheless, this is an important one for us, I know, as a ministry, and we are going to be going through, you specifically are going to be going through the entire book of Revelation in order in a couple weeks on live. So get ready for the that. Lord, help us. Yeah. <laughs> and if it goes like this, we'll only get through three chapters. So I'll try to do a better job then. So I'll get some practice no, I'm, I'm the one to
2: send the bad let's job, bro, because I went
1: <laughs> really long on that one. But let's do the pre-tribulation rapture, this teaching. Is
2: it damnable or is it... Flammable. We have to start covering these real quick, right? So yes. I hate to do this, but we're gonna have to hit them like two minutes each to get yep. all the ones in that we gotta get. So I'm just gonna say this: Paul says, "Concerning Christ coming, are being gathered together up to Him or to Him, which pre-trib and post all Greek, Second Thessalonians two one is the rapture. He warns though, concerning Christ coming, are being gathered together to Him. He says, "Don't be deceived by word or letters as from us or spirit, right? A demon. So there's a lot of means of deception Paul's concerned about regarding the time of the rapture. He says that day is not going to take place until the apostasy takes place and. The man of sin is revealed, the Antichrist, the last one sits says the temple God showed himself that he is God. So he says, Don't be deceived into thinking we're going to be gathered together and raptured to Christ before the antichrist the fallen away in the Antichrist. He puts the rapture after the fallen away in the Antichrist. And of course, that's exactly what Jesus did. And I believe very, very strongly that in 1 Thessalonians 4, 5, 2 Thessalonians 1 and 2, Paul is Paul is referring over and over again to the Olivet Discourse. And he has the same order Jesus has, which is many will fall away. Then Jesus said about the abomination, desolation, the antichrist. Then He'll gather his elect after the tribulation, chapter 24, verse 29 through 31. Very clear. But Paul was concerned about it being a deception. And this is huge because Jesus specifically warned that he was concerned about people believing in a a time, their timing would be off. He'd say the end is not yet. He didn't want a premature end to where people didn't realize what they had to go through. And then Jesus also was concerned about somebody teaching a false nature of his second coming. And he warned about a secret coming. He's in the the secret chambers and what have you. And pre-tribulationism teaches a secret coming at the beginning of the tribulation rather than a visible coming where every eye will see him, which is the church historically taught. And they teach us before the tribulation instead of after. This is very, very serious because Jesus prophesied that the church would fall into this, I believe. In Luke 17, he says the time is coming when people are going to think they're going to see one of the days of the Son of Man. But it's not going to take place like that, he said. It's not going to happen. At that time, watch out for the false prophets. In other words, there'll be a lot of people anticipating Christ. It's not going to happen. Then they're going to be so disappointed. And for them, the blessed hope will become the blasted hope. In fact, it's interesting. Pre-tribbers like Tim LaHaye, Jan Markell have been calling now that if the rapture is not pre-trib, it's going to be the blasted hope. In other words, we don't have any hope. Well, guess what? They're setting people up for a huge fall because now where'd our hope go? Well, guess what? Now you have these false Christ and false prophets. Now you're more open to following the false Christ because guess what? Well... He comes, Christ comes before the Antichrist. This can't be the Antichrist. And then guess what? You can get deceived and fall on the Antichrist. This can't be the mark of the beast. You know, I have to, I have to take a, a vaccine to buy or sell now. Well, that's not happening yet. That's, I'm not saying it's the mark of the beast. Precursors, right? But guess what? Now I have to uh, take this to buy or sell. This can't be the mark of the beast. I have a rapture yet. And I know Jesus would not let us go through the tribulation period. Uh, or that how could he let me go through this? A loving God would never get me through this. There's so many problems that are attendant to the pre-trib rapture, but it's flammable. You can believe in a pre-trib rapture and love Jesus and be fruitful and so forth, but it has the potential to lead you radically astray if you're to live into the time of the tribulation period where it becomes damnable because you take the mark of the beast or you become angry at God, which many pre-tribbers, in my debate with Dr. Stoffer over in Colorado when they invited me, I point out these scenarios and I give many quotes where pre tribs say that God's evil if he lets them go through the tribulation period. So it's setting people up for a fall.
1: Yeah, no, that's a, that's that's really good. So we, we are dealing with a flammable doctrine there with the Preacher Rapture. So the next one is cessationism. Now that is the teaching that the gifts that are described in the Bible, the gifts of the Spirit, that they have actually ceased. Is that a damnable or is it a
2: flammable heresy? Yeah, you have the two extremes. You have sensationalism, which is about the New Apostolic Reformation, the NAR movement, which is... Very, very flammable, causing a lot of people to fall away. Certain doctrines that they can hold to there, too, are actually damnable. If they believe in the born-again Jesus, they had to burn in hell and so forth, which many of them are worth faith. They hold a lot of other attendant doctrines that often go out, along with the NAR movement, a lot of strange visions, a lot of strange fall of false prophets often, which they get their eyes off of Jesus. So they're inflammable and flammable. That's the NAR movement. On the other side, you have cessationism, uh, and cessationism denies, you know, uh, for instance, the gift of prophecy, many of them say, has ceased, and so forth. Uh, that the Holy Spirit can't speak through you anymore, like that. Uh, but Jesus said during the tribulation period, when it comes, that time comes. He says to his disciples, his apostles, who represented the church, he said, because he's telling them to go into all the world, preach the gospel, to all the nations. And he says, gospel kingdom, we preach in all the worlds, to to all the nations, and the end will come. And he's telling them to witness, but he also says, don't premeditate what you're to speak. The Holy Spirit will give you utterance at that time. So if you're not relying on the Holy Spirit to use you and you don't believe God can use you in that way supernaturally, not only does it affect your reliance uh, to be used by God at that time, but also if you believe the two witnesses, if you're, if you're a strict cessationist and you're not familiar with the book of Revelation and so forth, and the two witnesses are prophesying, oh, they can't be prophesying. The gift of prophecy is already gone. Who are these guys, you know? And I mean, that would be an extreme uh, fall if someone would, hopefully, uh, you know, they say, okay, guess what? John MacArthur, what happened in his lifetime. Oh, guess what? I guess they're they're bringing fired down from heaven the two witnesses and they're doing all these miracles and whatever curse they bring up and or I should say plague. Oh, I guess the gifts of the spirit are still here in some way because I'm sure John MacArthur would say that uh, the two witnesses are legitimate witnesses and they proph- it says they prophesy. So uh, he's not able to actually get over that with his gift his belief in cessationism. so he probably already has that worked on his brain in some way. A lot of people will not rely Is my biggest concern. On the power of the Holy Spirit. When you read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, you have to be watch out for sensationalism, and certainly the Corinthians had gone off their rocker a bit, you know. But you also are warned not to despise signs, not to quench the Spirit, not to forbid the speaking in tongues. And now I'm quoting 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 as well. Uh, you have these various passages, Paul says, stir up the gifts within you. So it's important that we cry out to God, use us to your glory, and that we trust the Lord for whatever gift he wants to give us, and whatever administration gives, different gifts to different administrations of gifts, and we crowd to be used. And I would say that's, they're flammable. That's a flammable position. You can believe, you can be a cessationist, of course, and love Jesus and be fruitful in your walk, but at the same time, uh, while the hyper-charismatics and the, you know, charismaniacs out there are basically, we're the body of Christ, right? They're retarding the, the body of Christ, adding a very long tongue, you know, that becomes, people trip over because that's their main emphasis with any of them. But then, uh, the cessationists sometimes handicap the body of Christ by cutting off certain things that God wants to do. For instance, speaking with through people by the power of the Holy Spirit during the tribulation period.
1: Yeah, and I noticed you said that at the end times th- that the Holy Spirit will give them utterance. So that would fall back into the pre-trip grant that says the Holy Spirit is gone. Is during gone the, during that. Ooh, the get back I on that. I don't want to do that. But yes, and you can check out, by the way, I forgot to mention this during your pre-trip talk, but we actually have a number of series. If you just go to Good Fight Ministries YouTube channel, you can see the entire debate almost um, with Dr. Doug Stoffer, as well as a number of teachings specifically, as well as our entire DVD, Left Behind: yeah. Led Astray. You can check Kirk, that out. Kirk
2: Cameron had watched or heard a few of my messages on the time of the rapture. The very day that the pre-trip, oh, it's a long story. So I'll just say uh, he was the pre trib main guy actor, right, for Left Behind. And after hearing them, he became post-trip because it's so convincing.
1: Yeah. Okay. So next one, damnable or flammable. The prosperity gospel.
2: Uh, Prosperity gospel is flammable and also damnable depending on what parts of it you believe. It's damnable if you're believing in the born-again Jesus, that Jesus had to be born again, uh, that he became uh, an an, an emaciated uh, demoniac, as Keth Copeland taught on the cross, that he he literally became not just the sin offering, but he became sinful and wicked on the cross, which uh, in a demoniac, Copeland says, that's a different Jesus. That's not the gospel according to... Uh, uh, of the First Corinthians 15, uh, and then they believe that he had to suffer in hell for our sins. The Bible says he suffered in the tree on the cross. He rescued those who were in Hades that were the righteous dead that had faith, you know, but not the wicked dead on the other side. Luke 16 talks about these two different sides of Hades, right? So uh, if you have a if you're a full blown word faith guy and you are putting your faith in these different different gospel, different spirit, different Jesus. Uh, yeah, you're believe not. You don't have the Jesus of the Bible. You can't be saved. However, many word faith people, prosperity p- gospel people, don't actually even understand the depths of a lot of the teaching they've fallen into through watching TBN and a lot of quote unquote Christian TV. Uh, and they, but they bought into this whole thing where faith becomes a force that you use, and and you can manipulate reality through that force. And I don't. We don't know each person's heart. So a lot of people, you know, love Jesus. They fall in love with Jesus. They start watching Christian TV, quote unquote. And all of a sudden, they're watching these things, and they start doing these, you know, confessing, I claim this, I claim mm-hmm. wealth, I claim health, and so forth. And then what it can do is get their eyes off of Jesus so easily and into a form of witchcraft to where yep. they're looking at the power of their words rather than looking to the Lord. And that can become very flammable and you can be consumed in that. And and guess what? Paul says, uh, by longing to be rich, many have fallen away from the faith. First Corinthians chapter five and six. So, I'm sorry, first uh, Corinthians five and six. So it's interesting when you look at those passages, uh, many of those caught up in the prosperity movement are, are trying to confess riches and so forth. And Paul warns that that is a, a doctrine that could lead you away from Jesus to hell, you know, lead you away from the faith. So it's very flammable. Awesome. All right. And damnable at certain points.
1: Well, I guess it's not awesome. But nonetheless, that, I think it also comes awesome back that to... Awesome that we know the truth. Awesome when we know that the truth. That we're warned. Amen. And you watch your life and your doctrine and doing so. You save yourself and those who hear you. Another doctrine. Damnable. Or flammable replacement theology, which teaches that the church has replaced Israel and God no longer has a plan for Israel.
2: I would say definitely at least, you know, flammable, because if you believe that God is totally done with Israel and there are no more, uh, you can end up in a lot of bad positions. First of all, First uh, Romans chapter 11, verses 19 and following, Paul warns, the believers at this time, you say uh, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said. Because of unbelief, they were broken off. And you stand by your faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Therefore, consider the goodness and the severity of God on those who fell severity. But toward you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. Then he says, and this is important for if, uh, if you were cut off out of a wild olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted in contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree. How much more will these, whom are the natural branches, mean the natural Jews, be grafted into their own olive tree? For I do not desire, our brethren, that you are. I'm sorry. For I, I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in and so all israel will be saved as it is written the deliverer will come out of zion and he will turn away ungodliness from jacob for this is the covenant with them uh, for this is my covenant with them when i take away their sins it's so clear he's not done with israel paul makes that clear abundantly clear throughout romans 11 where he talks about how their their enemies for uh, the gospel's sake, but they're 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 beloved for God's sake because it's promised to the patriarchs, and He's not done with them, and all Israel will be saved. And obviously, He's contrasting Israel here. Israel's not the church here. Israel's contrasted with the body of Christ, and they've been broken off, but they'll be grafted back in again. God's not done. But here's the attendant dangers He mentions that you can be high-minded and you think, "Look, look, I'm I'm we're now the chosen people." And and we have the status of being chosen, and and get your focus on hey, since we're the chosen people supposedly, uh, the new chosen people, and the, God's done with the Jews, you be high-minded and not be concerned about continuing the faith, and you could be cut off. And guess what? Many that hold the replacement theology do get conceited in regard to their standing. Don't believe that they could be cut off. They don't believe they could fall away. Many Calvinists hold that position who believe in replacement theology, and it also is dangerous in this way many that I see that hold a replacement theology have also become enemies of the state of Israel. That's true. And I mean, I've heard uh, Hank Hanegraaff say derogatory things about the state of Israel. Yeah, uh, the guy from True News, Rick Wiles. Yeah, and and what happens is you can find yourself agreeing with the nations that are going up to fight against Israel, and Armageddon. And all in those same nations, it says, well, fight against the Lamb. So you could, because of your anti-Semitism, I'm not saying everybody that believes in replacement theology are anti-Semitic, some say that, I don't say that, but I do say that... That actually does play in to attract people that aren't asymmetric. And it is a very flammable doctrine that could lead to a lot of dangers.
1: Yeah, and if Jeremiah 31 is true, which it is, and uh, you see those stars in the sky, then you can know also that the same God is not done with Israel. He's not done with Israel. Amen. That's that's right. So let's move on to the next one. This is a big one, and this lines up really well because we're just talking about how we do believe God has a plan even for unbelieving Israel. But now, one of the biggest dangers, especially—I don't know if you're going to go to Hebrews chapter ten because I see it a lot there—but uh, one of the biggest dangers is the Hebrew roots movement. Now, is this a damnable or a flammable heresy?
2: Yeah, and we need to do a show on each of these. <laughs> we will, you know, uh, but <laughs> Lord but because I know I got we got to get to a few more. Stuff. We got about eight minutes. We got about eight minutes. Okay, yeah. so Hebrew roots movement—it uh, depends to what degree people are committed, right? the Hebrew roots movement and what beliefs they have so it's a very it's a a big movement but many of them are teaching that you have to keep the Jewish law to be saved or be right with God you know or aspects of Jewish law they kind of pick and choose which is interesting Uh, and and it's interesting because we have entire books like you know Hebrews for instance and the book of Galatians and part of Colossians and so forth Colossians the hybrid between mysticism uh, incipient or you know seminal Gnosticism and, and Judaism that he's dealing with there. But uh, to make it somewhat brief, uh, Paul made it very clear, if you're teaching that, you have to keep the law, to be Jesus plus the law of Moses to be saved or aspects of the law of Moses to be saved that aren't repeated as part of the law of Christ in the New Testament and uh, that it's a damn heresy basically. I mean, in Galatians chapter one, verse six, he says, I marvel that you're so quickly being removed from him who's called you to the grace of Christ to another gospel, which is really not another gospel. Then in verse seven, he says, you know, he says, if anyone preaches another gospel to you than that which we preach to you, let him be accursed. And then he defines what this other gospel is. and In chapter uh, four, uh, chapter three, he says, did you receive the Spirit, you know, by faith or by the works of the law? By the way, he doesn't say at baptism either. He says through faith. We we'll get into that <laughs> baptism regeneration a little bit later. But he says, uh, or by by faith or by the works of the law. Let him know it's not through the law that you got saved in the beginning. Why are you trying now to be perfected by the flesh? He goes on to say. And then in chapter four, he says, I'm afraid of you that I run my race in vain because you're keeping days and you know, they're keeping the Sabbaths and, and, and the feast days and so forth. as so though they had to, you know, not as pictures and they're beautiful as pictures, but that they felt they had to. And then Galatians 5, verse 1 through 4, he says, Stand fast in the freedom and stand fast in the Greek is a present tense imperative. It's a command, continue to stand fast in the freedom wherewith Christ has set you free. So there he's talking to people who have been saved and have been set free and don't be entangled again into the yoke of bondage. And then he goes on to describe that if any of you are being circumcised, or justified through circumcision, if that's what you're trying to do, to be right with God through being circumcised, he says, you have been cut off, literally in the Greek it's abolished, it's interesting, hard to translate that, but you have been abolished or cut off from the Christ, you have been uh, severed from Christ, as many translations have it, and you have fallen from grace, or you've fallen out of grace, would be a good translation of the Greek there, so it's kind of interesting uh, that he's very, very clear that if you're teaching these types of heresies, it's clearly damnable. It's not even it's not even flammable. It's damnable. So those in the word faith, or I should say in the Hebrew roots movement, who believe that you have to, you know, uh, and they have all sorts of different, you have to do this, you have to do this, Says you have to keep the Sabbath to be right with God. Oh, yeah, Otherwise you're way. damned. Uh, that many, you know, Seventh-day Adventists believe that you have to keep the Sabbath or you're damned. And that's how you have to be, you know, that's part of being right with God. And my heart breaks for them because did you receive Christ? Did you, When you received Christ, put your faith in Christ for salvation. Did you accept? Say, now accept the Sabbath too. Take, save no. So uh, it's just heartbreaking. So uh, definitely, and I'm not saying all Seventh-day the Adventists are putting their trust in the Sabbath and, and, and law keeping to be right with God, but many of them are, and many in the Hebrew Roots movement are as well. And it's it's these things are all over the place, man. And and we have yeah. to talk about
1: them. Yeah, we might have to just do a whole docu series on the Hebrew Roots movement because yeah. it is one of the more dangerous things, doing that. especially
2: today. because of the
1: pendulum swinging that goes on from the Antinomians who believe there's no law, and then you swing that thing all the way back to, well, here's these laws. What is First John talking about? So we're going to have to do with that. And the balance
2: is the New Testament law of Christ. that mentions a couple times we have the law of Christ, and we don't keep it to attain our salvation either. We keep it out of thanksgiving for what the Lord has done for us in salvation. Through faith we obey Jesus' commands.
1: All right. Well, this one I know we've touched on a lot, but we got to keep
2: touching on it. Is it damnable or... Flammable, once saved, always saved. Uh, it depends on what version you have. If you have the Calvinistic version, Perseverance of the Saints, uh, which they say, well, you will persevere if you've ever been saved and you, you can't possibly fall away, finally, at least, uh, that's flammable because uh, a lot of Calvinists, they believe, much like we do, that you must persevere in your faith. and. Uh, so I have a lot in common with my Calvinist brethren because they'll say you have to continue the faith and they'll say if you don't, you were never saved. But they also are teaching when they teach that, that if you were saved and you've been saved and they, many of them have been convinced that they're one of the elect, that's unconditional, your election. Therefore, no matter how far you fall away, you'll eventually come back. You'll come back to salvation. And Westminster Confession says they can fall away, but they'll eventually come back. So many believe that, oh, well, I'll come back if I've ever been chosen. That becomes uh, downable at that point if you fall away and you've been um. deceived. The other one, which is, and I only just got a few minutes left. Uh, the other one, which is a damn low heresy is when you're teaching people that, guess what? Even in your apostate state, it's not perseverance states, it's preservation of the apostate. Your soul is preserved. Even if you're you know, sticking the middle finger at the Lord and you're, 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 you're spitting on his blood and you're still saved no matter what. Well, Paul says, don't be deceived. Folks that live wicked lives, practice sin, will not inherit God's kingdom. So Paul calls it, and Peter calls it, actually, that's where I got the term first, or we got the term, Second Peter chapter 2, King James Version, damnable heresies. He calls the grace changes, what they're teaching, a damnable heresy. Amen. All right. Flammable or, da- or, flammable or damnable,
1: I guess I've, I've mixed that up, but Calvinism. Okay. How much more time we have? Or we how got many, one how minute. Many, how many more do
2: we have left? We, we got two, just Calvinism and baptismal regeneration. Okay. Calvinism, we kind of just addressed a little bit, yeah. and Calvinism... You could, they teach a limit atonement, which can be very dangerous. Uh, it can affect your, your spiritual work, affect everything because you believe in inter- determinism and that you really don't have choices. So there's a lot of problems attended. Calvinism. We've talked about a lot in the past. So I'll say it's, it's flammable and can become damnable uh, with regard to uh, uh, baptismal regeneration. Again, and we addressed this already before, but I'll read a, a little bit what I said there. Is the person that believes in baptismal regeneration believing that he has done a work or is trusting in what he did or trusting his baptism for salvation, or is he trusting the person and the work of Lord Jesus Christ on the cross? That's the main issue. Uh, there's many Lutherans, there's Baptists like Federal, I'm sorry, Calvinists like Federal, uh, business, Presbyterian, Cal- yeah. Presbyterians, certain Presbyterians anyway, uh, that believe that, yeah, I was saved at my baptism. Uh, so, uh, Or Church of Christ teaches that you have to be, many of them, you have to be baptized in our church and your baptism didn't count because you have to believe regeneration happens at, salvation, and you probably to believe that, you're baptized You're the church, you have to be baptized here, that becomes a heresy, that becomes a damnable heresy, because now you're creating an incredible division, and in letting people know it's your specific baptism that saves them, even though they had previously been baptized, so that's very, very dangerous, but there are those who believe that uh, they, they're saved at their baptism by Christ, and they don't believe it's a work they do. They believe they're passive. They allow somebody else to baptism, pass, baptize them and so forth. And I, I totally disagree with that viewpoint, but I don't believe uh, I believe there's people that actually believe and aren't trusting in the work of their baptism for salvation but are looking to Christ. So I'm not going to say everybody that believes that baptism regeneration is damned, but I will say it's a flammable heresy because it can get your eyes off of the cross and what Jesus said and on the water.
1: Amen.